Howdy folks, Craig here. This episode of Path to Podium, we talk with Alex Drake, the winner of the Breach the North 2 in the UK. He reveals many secrets that anyone playing or playing against 10 Thunders will enjoy. He also has some nice insights on Bayou as a faction. Before we jump in, our friends at Gadzooks Gaming have a sweet offer for all of our US and Canadian listeners. Gadzooks Gaming has always been a big supporter of the third floor, as well as games like Malifaux, Wild West Exodus, Dark Age, Frostgrave, and Legion. What makes them my favorite online retailer is the customer service and their amazing custom terrain and accessories. Now, they're giving all of our North American listeners free shipping if you spend $100 or more and then enter in the promo code THIRDFLOOR, and that's spelled out one word, T-H-I-R-D-F-L-O-O-R. Check them out at gadzooksgaming.com. All the details are in the show notes. Now on to the episode. I've been playing a lot of McCabe and Asami together, and in this game, I decided to try McCabe as um, as my leader. And he took the, the charm orders he said initially as a as a, like anti summoning tech, mm. um, but they actually were quite um, anti McCabe as well. Stealth and Butterfly jump together are, are really powerful defensive abilities. I'm really loving this, loving this ability at the moment. And, and every time I'm sort of looking through stat cards, if anyone's got Ride With Me or, or Fly With Me, they're instantaneously definitely being considered for cruise with me. So with Plant Explosives, Alex, what, uh, what models did you put uh, bombs on? It, it, it really is. It's, it's a wonderful time to be to be to be playing Malifaux, whether whether that's whether you're a returning player or whether whether you're new. It's just sort of um, feels full of wonder. There are few things better than stepping away from the screens. Unplugging and sitting around a table to do battle with your friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars brings you the latest strategies, tactics, and reviews on board games, card games, and miniature games like Malifaux. If you want useful information on the games you already play, or new insights on great games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the third floor and the Tabletop Talk broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today we're talking to Alex Drake. He's a player over in the UK who recently won the Breach the North three-round tournament held in Stockport. Alex has been playing Malifaux for over four years and is proving to be one of the guys to beat over on that side of the pond. What I want to do with Alex is review the three rounds and hopefully get a sense of how he was able to beat such strong players as George Hollingdale and Paul Butler. And he actually won the event. So, uh, Alex, welcome to the third floor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Greg. So, um, you and I had chatted offline and you'd mentioned that, or, you know, originally this, uh, this past weekend when we were, and we're recording uh, right after the event happened. This is going to be released a little bit later. But um, originally, the weekend was supposed to be kind of a two-dayer, uh, but you ended up breaking it up. Uh, breaking it up. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so it was going to be the international team championship, um, but um, unfortunately, I think through some circumstances, there wasn't um, enough interest team-wise. Uh, there was quite a few people that wanted to come, but there weren't enough teams. So it was decided to split it into two events. Um, a, they've on a Saturday uh, an event run by Carl as um, as you know, preaching uh, the north, and then on the Sunday, more of a casual sort of. Uh, a, pairs event a pair of jokers so it was split up into the two events yeah that's cool we're going to focus on the first day on the uh the breach the north but i do want to uh pick your brain a little bit about the pairs because i thought the format of that was neat and uh i heard that uh, your significant other pretty much carried you through that tournament does that sound right yeah that, that is a <laughs> that is completely accurate without without her i'd have i'd have been languishing in the bottom on the bottom tables <laughs> that's funny so so alex for uh saturday what, what faction did you bring uh, so I, I play Ten Thunders. Um, yeah. Is that your main faction? Um, well, that, actually, um, I tend to jump around the factions quite often. Um, in M2E, I'd, I'd usually pick um, a single master and focus on them for maybe a couple of events, and then I'd get distracted by something new and shiny, and I'd, I'd play a, a, a new master. But um, for for M3, I'm just I'm trying to focus on on Ten Thunders. Uh, my partner has bought me. Enough ten thunders over the over the years. I've got a couple of masters, so yeah, focusing on ten thunders for M three. Anything in particular that led you led you there for M three? Um, I really like the aesthetic of uh, of Asami. I like the the um, strange strange monsters and variety. Um, I just thought that looked really re- really cool, and um, I wanted to see the contrast in her playstyle in M three as opposed to M2E, that sort of um, aggressive summoner, um, mm-hmm. rather than like sitting at the back and, and, and doing your own thing. I quite like um, I quite like the idea of an aggressive summoner, and she still does that in M2E. So, so yeah, Asami was what brought me to probably mainly to uh, Ten Thunders. Yeah, I haven't played her yet in third edition, but in second edition, the first time I played her, she took me by surprise for that exact reason is, you know, you, you had this concept of what all the summoners were in the game. And then there she shows up right in your face and she's dropping Spider-Man at you. Exactly. And and I suppose a, a little bit like Molly in that sense, that, um, yeah, that's someone that's going to come over the table and, and uh, reach out and and put bad things in your face. <laughs> so um, you've been playing for you know four or five years. Um, did you start in second edition, or did you? Are you one of the ones that came over from one and a half? No, I, I, st- I started in second edition. I, th- I think it was right. I think it was quite at the beginning. The first book had come out, and I, I saw the some of the new sculpts. I saw the Ramos sculpts, uh, the, the box, and I thought, oh, I, I want to own those models. I just want to, I want to have them and. and potentially paint them and and I, I never thought I'd play the game and then uh, probably like many people I got the models uh, the game looked interesting and then uh, I've never looked back since what were you playing before then um, um probably so I've played some 40k and I played some fantasy I get mixed up with the time frames I've played some some like drop zone commander and a few other games a lot of specialist games by games workshop ah gotcha and how about these days when you're not playing Malifaux? What are you playing? Uh, still, still play lots of, you know, quite a variety, lots of different things. Um, currently, uh, the two games that I'm playing that's not Malifaux, I'm doing some Gaslands because I quite like converting up the cars, and it's really good. Um, it's like a really good social game. 
I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if you've heard of Gaslands. I have, and, and everybody that I talk to that plays it loves it. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. Just making some you know Mad Max uh, post apocalyptic cars. Um, but I also play Epic Epic Armageddon. That's yep. probably um, that, for me that gives me the uh, the story that uh, of you know the forty k story that got me into wargaming all those years ago. But um, with a, in my opinion, probably much better rule set. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've never played it, but um, I've heard that that uh, that rule set is one of the tighter rule sets they've ever put together. But um, play, play, I've played lots and lots of different games, and uh, I think I'm probably one of those people that flits about through different games. All all hobbies are cyclical. You'll play one game, put it aside for a couple of years, and then you'll come back to it later. Yeah, yeah, and it. Um, but you always have your love, right? I remember seeing a post you had on AWP where you said that you always end up coming back to Malifaux. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I don't think I can get away if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, uh, it's that mix of um, the, the 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 setting is is just really interesting. So many different genres that are, that are mashed together, but. But work, it's sort of like when you describe it to someone, oh, it's, it's a steampunk, Victoriana, horror. It, it sort of doesn't sound like it works, but um, but it really does. So it's that fluff, but then there's so much to the game that, that keeps me interested. Um, I sort of like my brain keeps ticking on about rules and models and things like in the background when I'm at work. And there's so much to Malifaux that it keeps me interested. I can always pick up, have a look at something new and... and, and find myself getting excited by it so yeah i think it um it does a really good job of kind of itching both uh both scratches the both uh kind of the models and you know the fluff and stuff like that but uh it's uh it's a deep game and even though i think three has streamlined the game a little bit i don't think it's made it any more shallow i think it's just if not more deep i i completely agree with you there craig uh, i was you know, there were, probably with a few other people, when you heard about M3 coming out and maybe a simplification of the game, I uh, was a little bit concerned because that depth is something that, you know, like I said, I, I love. Um, but yeah, those concerns haven't come to, to reality. You know, M3 is, even though they've streamlined stuff and really they've just made it more approachable for, yep. for people, you know, to get their heads around conditions and, and how things worked. But but this, that depth is still there. It's, in fact, potentially even more so. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about round one, Alex. So you uh, you played Paul Butler, and Paul brought Neverborn. Uh, it was corner deployment, plant explosives. Uh, the schemes were breakthrough, search the ruins, hold up their forces, deliver the message, and vendetta. So the first thing I'd like to know is kind of, um, you know, when you saw the pool, uh, what were your thoughts as far as masters and crew? Um, so, so this will probably be a, a key theme that I'm going to talk about today. Is that, um, but plant explosives, uh, along with some of the others, do really requires a, a mobile crew, and um, and that plays into something that I, I really like in the game. So I was really looking for something that can that models that are, are really really fast and can um, get into your opponent's half and interact. That's probably very obvious actually because that's what the strategy requires. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking for for fast and and, and mobile things. So. Um, so I decided to take McCabe as my master because he effectively has four AP if you include his, um, his ride with me, um, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a movement. Um, and, uh, and unlike a lot of other models in the game, it, it allows him to, to disengage, uh, uh, effectively disengage and, and still interact. So he can, he can, he's got the speed to get over into your opponent's 
side of the board, um, you know, be messing with their plans, be, you know, whether that be killing scheme runners or whatever he needs to do, but he can also, he can also scheme if you need him to do so. He's really, he's really flexible in, in what he can do. So I've, I've been playing a lot of McCabe and Asami together. And in this game, I decided to try McCabe as, um, as my leader so that I could take, um, similar crew to what I normally do, but I could take a little bit more of the, of the waste rules. I could take a, a hookster without paying tax, etc. So. That makes sense. Now, have you found um, McCabe to be resilient enough? Because in Planet Explosives, I think you you know you definitely need the speed, but I also get a sense of resiliency can be important. Or um, yeah, McCabe, McCabe's really tough. Um, so he, he he does go down if 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 your opponent focuses on him. But um, you've got to remember he's 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 twelve wounds like most masters, but he's also he's got his dismounted form. Um, so that's a a little bit like a hard to kill halfway through his seventeen wounds, mm-hmm. uh, and then he gets knocked off his off his horse, and he and he and he can still act. He does lose quite a lot of his um, um of his abilities when he gets knocked off his horse, but he's he's still there. And there's some other things that make him a little bit tougher, like um, the haunted artifact um, that heals him up when people activate nearby. Um, so he he, he can actually. He, he is quite tough, he, uh, and and if and the thing is with him is, um, if the situation gets really bad, he, he can always just relocate. He can always just, uh, just just yeah, just relocate to a different part of the board where yeah. um, where, where there's less heat on him. If, if I need him to, but I'm not opposed to him to him dying if it if it furthers the cause. <laughs> sure, sure. And and what master did Paul bring? Uh, Paul brought um, uh, Zarida. Um, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so um, so I played Paul before. I played him at the Welsh GT, uh, and that was a pretty pretty close game. And um, Paul's Paul's a good player, and he always brings a, a really tough list. So when I when I saw that I was against him first round, I was like, this is going to be a this is going to be a hard game. Um, so he brought um, yeah, Sarida, two Solurids, the first mate, um, Dreamer, and Widow Weaver as his crew. Wow. Uh, and I, I took McCabe, Luna, uh, a Hookster, Sadia, Asami, and Amanozako. So um, in both cases, you both hired a second master. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so um, the synergies within Paul's crew are actually really quite impressive, the way Zarida can cause those failed willpower duels uh, from basically across the table to trigger mm-hmm. the um, the unburying of of dreamers summons. If you if you if you follow me, um, yeah, so no, that's yeah, that's yeah. very helpful. Yeah, so Zarida can uh, she she can obey through her own swamp fiends or through the uh, an enemy that's been linked to by the voodoo doll, um, and if. And she can she can obey your your models from 24, 25, 26 inches away from her, and that failed willpower duel will, will trigger the trigger the unburying of, of whatever dream was summoned, whether that be a stitched or a madness. And that was something that that happened during the game that that was uh, that, that was really you know quite um, that I had to respond to. It was it was very good play. Um, now he he was able to summon. I mean, you both had low model count. Um, and, but he was able to summon. Did you? Did you? Were you concerned about falling behind before the game started? Um, I don't really put that much stock in in model count. I don't think it. It, it all depends on what what you're doing with those models, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think over the course of the game, he, he summoned. 
he summoned two he summoned two stitched um from the widow weaver using the engine of um of sacrificing the voodoo doll and getting scrap from it and then the widow weaver summoning stitch from the scrap um so the widow weaver was summoning as well as dreamer so he, he did he did get ahead in in model count um in that sense um you just got to try and play around it, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And the pass tokens help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though know, usually I find I'm using pass tokens for initiative a lot, a lot of the time, unless there's yeah. something that I really need, uh, I don't want to be responded to. Um, so, yeah. of of the five schemes, which two did you take? Uh, so I took search the ruins and deliver a message, and um, I found this this choice quite tricky. Really, um, I really like. Um, hold up their forces with Asami because um, with most summoners because you can summon low point models to, to to get it later on in the game. I think usually you can get the first point just by playing, but then your opponent, if they well, if someone declares hold up their forces against me, I'm going to go out of my way to kill their their lower pointed models. Um, mm-hmm. But with, with a summoner, you can always you know resummon some of those. So I, 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 when I was looking at the pool originally, I was thinking that hold up their forces would be a, a scheme that I chose. But then seeing Paul's crew, um, you know, two Solarids, first mate, and the Widow Weaver, that it's such a mobile, fast crew that I really didn't have confidence in being able to uh, to sort of like engage them without them just leaping away and uh, and and getting away. So so in the end. I took deliver the message, which which was um, which was okay. It, it got me a point, but but search the ruins for Asami's um, and and McCabe. It's, it's it's a really easy scheme to get. Yeah, with that mobility, I would imagine so. Yeah, the, the hucksters put putting putting the scheme markers down, and and Asami she can summon um, uh, I call trash goblins, the um, Akinami, um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're they're really good for doing for doing search the ruins if if they've. If they've been, if on the turn that they're summoned, they can still put a scheme marker down with their quick action and get a flicker. Um, but on on turns after they're summoned, um, they can they can put two down. So they're, yeah, yeah they're, they're really good for it. So um, what were kind of like the big highlights? So any any learnings from the game or any interesting uh, plays either by you um, or by Paul? Yeah, so um, so so like I, I probably alluded to, um, turn one, um, Paul summoned the madness, and um, and then he obeyed um, an Akinami back into my own crew um, to attack Asami and give us slow, and that failed willpower duel also popped the madness out, and that was really very inconvenient because that madness um, was engaging Asami, it was engaging a Hookster, and uh, and then uh, McCabe and uh, Sadia had to sort of deal with it really in order before my crew became a bit slowed down and contained because we were playing corner and this was this was sort of just after i'd got out of um out of my corner so he he Mm -hmm. really locked me in so so that was that was quite important um the other thing is that um stealth and butterfly jump together are, are really powerful defensive abilities um and with this the solarids and the first mate you really have to uh, tailor um, what you're going after them with. You can't just charge a model in and, and hope to do something. They'll, you'll just do minimum damage and then they'll, they'll jump away. So, um, so that was quite, um, see, seeing such, such mobile stealthy silhouette models, um, is, um, is, is interesting. You have to play around that. Um, what, what else happened? So, um, well, well, real quick though, I, I want to dig into the, yeah, I want to dig into the, the, how, how did you deal with them? So if you can't just charge in and hit them, cause you're only going to get, you know, 
men damaged and they're gone. Is there any tips you can give anybody as far as how to handle those? Um, focus. I know it's, it sounds simple, but focused attacks. If you're only going to get one attack going with a focused attack, um, if you've got a severe damage of six, they've got six wounds, you can, mm-hmm. you can usually focus, go in, get the one attack, put the severe in and kill them in one shot. That's, um, um, that's, uh, that's my advice. The other thing is um, abilities like the oh, what's the ability called? Where you can make multiple charges per turn. Um, you can you can charge one. It can it'll butterfly yep. jump away, and then you can charge him again. Um, other things, if you've got your own leapers, you can you can hunt them down. Um, if you've got any sort of like um, pushes, you can usually charge one um, and push and, and and make a second attack. So you, you've got to sort of have your probably your own mobile models to. To deal with them, really, if you if you're sort of a bit slow and responsive, they're just going to run rings around you. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so with plant explosives, Alex, what uh, what models did you put uh, bombs on? Uh, I put two on McCabe. I put one on the Hookster, one on Asami, and one on Amanozako. Um, so, like I was saying before, um, McCabe can usually put put one or two down himself, just in between other actions. Uh, the Hookster is is is, is such a Really powerful piece um, uh, at the moment with the um, with the, the secret passageway action to place within mm-hmm. twelve inches, really really quick. Um, so the hook store usually get one down. Um, Amino Zako is probably my f- my favorite Oni, my, my favorite of Asami's models because um, she does so much work and her quick action to do an interact um, means that she can put them she can put a bomb down while. When it's, and it's not even interfering with with what she's doing, right? And then I, I usually put one on a Sami just because. Um, uh, I think you usually put in one on a, on a master anyway, just because they've got three AP. Mm-hmm. It's like a like an emergency, you know. If they if they're hanging around the middle, just on your side of the board, they can always like walk, walk, place one. If it's going to get you the point, then it's worth a master's action to do that. Um, How many points were you able to score on? Uh, the strat. I scored two. Um, I okay. scored two on the strat. So, um, so this game was 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 really quite um, quite complicated, and it was it's quite slow if we, if we were honest. So we 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 got um, we only got halfway through turn three, um, so, but I, I scored turn two and turn three for for the strat, um, and that was um, a hookster um, putting out. So on, on turn two, a hookster had fast and two wounds left because it had been burnt out by. Um, I, uh, like by Zarida's obey, um, so I was able to um, to secret passageway on, onto Paul's half um, and put a bomb down and a scheme marker down that was um, half of my search to ruins. Um, so that was that was really important. Um, what do you think was slowing you down? Because it was um, Zarida's activations are quite quite complex because she's mm-hmm. got three AP herself. She's also doing a summon. Um, the obeys that she's doing. Um, is a it's a duel, but that then results in a in more duel, in, potentially in another duel if she's if if she's obeying someone to charge. Um, so those are it's understandably they're they're quite quite complex activations that are, that, that result in a, a number of duels to go through. I think that probably probably slowed us down a little bit, um, and and also the fact that both of our crews were very very fast. Uh, the first turn wasn't a positioning turn. This is quite mm-hmm. common in M3 now, but, but, but especially so the, the first turn was a, was a full engagement turn. Um, even, even in corner, um, there was, it was action right, right from the get go. Yeah. You don't get that easy turn like you used to in, uh, in M2. 
yeah, yeah, you, you don't at all, and you've got you've got to prepare for that as well. You've, you've got to you've got to be ready, ready to do that when you when you're setting up. You've got to, you've got to know what um, the potentials that could happen, what your opponent, how your opponent's going to be affecting what you're doing, and how you're planning on affecting your your opponent. Yeah, it feels like you're interacting sooner, but I also and granted, I you know the amount of time that uh, we've engaged with three is a lot less than two, but I I don't feel like the alpha strike is is out there as much as I saw it in two um, that I feel like, you know, because of the change in how resilient models are and the damage tracks, you know, it's not as effective to figure out that one, two combo that, you know, wipes three, four models off the board, turn one. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree that I think in M2, either those, those alpha strikes were, were a result of those combos, weren't they? They were, there were a number of models that were all working together to, slingshot or fire another model into your opponent's crew uh, whether mm-hmm. that be vix or, or well, however that was done you know it was usually a combination of of, 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 a, of a person's crew you know doing that alpha strike and now um now that's just not as um, I'm, I'm not i'm not saying it doesn't happen or that it won't happen but i think that it's less it's less common because mm-hmm. um because more models can move up to react with you being able to charge for one ap um it's it's not all about getting that one model up. Like multiple models can come up and threaten. Um, the the, the counter attack back once you've done that yep. is um is is more accessible with with pass tokens. You know you're not getting out out activated and then uh, you know an alpha strike comes in, so it's more easier to respond to that as well. And and that model that's get that's going into your crew need needs support uh, potentially more than it did before because of that response. And and that that support is more um is more available. So, so yeah, I, I don't think the alpha strikes as as big a thing in, the, in this in this edition, and, and I'm, I'm ready to be proven wrong. And I think there will be alpha strikes definitely that sure. go wrong. But it's not as um, it's not as black and white as it was in M2E. It's not um, alpha strike or no alpha strike. There's, there's, there's shades of grey. I I completely agree. And, and we and we always have to be honest with ourselves is that you know everything that we're talking about now could be very different six, eight months from now because, you know, the game hasn't gotten through its reps yet. It hasn't been out in full release and, you know, you, you people aren't playing every single weekend all around the world. Um, so if there's, if there's, if there's gaps or if there's, um, you know, big glaring holes, we'll, we'll figure it out pretty quick and hopefully we'll be able to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, hope, hopefully actually, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still experimenting with things, you know, we're, we're, we're still, you know, we just started doing the, the tournament scene with M3 and this is when things are coming out and, it's an exciting time, isn't it, to be learning? Yep, I agree. So, uh, final score. Uh, fi- final score. So it it, it was four all. Um, I know in your introduction you were you were hoping that I'd offer some insight on how I uh, how I beat the strong players, but this this was a draw. <laughs> this was a four <laughs> four all draw between me and Paul. And um, so one of my one of my main main this is and this is just me personally, but you know, I suppose the advice goes goes out to everyone else as well. The, the, the I think. Um, I didn't keep an eye on the clock as much as I should have done in this game. And, um, so we'd started turn three and we were going through, we had a, we had a couple of activations each. And, um, if I'd have kept an eye on the clock more, I'd have, I'd have been able to do some, uh, some more important activations first that were guaranteed to score me points, um, mm-hmm. rather than, um, rather than responding and playing a bit more for the, for the long game and then realizing I'd run out of time. That was, uh, that was the big issue. Um, yeah, that's easy to do, yeah. though. Yeah, um, yeah, especially when you know these. You don't know these crews 
the crew you're playing or the crew you're playing against. You don't know them like the back of your hand like before. So it's, it's, you know, stuff that you were able to easily focus on competitively, you know, a year ago. It's a little bit more of a challenge now. Yeah, ex- exactly. So after, after turn two, it was three one to me. Um, but then Sarita had an activation in turn three that, um, dropped a bomb and, uh, and another scheme marker and it made it and that got two points and then, uh, and then we got yeah it was it was four four all in the end which was interesting one one um one point that I thought was um uh, I wanted to make a, a note about McCabe was that in in turn two he he walked then he charged the model he pushed out of combat from that charge he then pushed from his um his quick action rider me and delivered a message to Zareda um, nice. and that was probably. 14, 16, 20, 21 inches from 21 wow. inches away. So that was, um, that was, um, that was quite, and, and that, that was an interesting decision to make because it's using an, it's using a, an entire master's turn to not, you know, to not go kill something, not support something, not summon something, you know, not do normally what a master would do. But, um, at that point, I needed him to, to try and ride into my opponent's deployment zone and deliver a message. <laughs> Well, sc- scoring a point, scoring a point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like the Pony Express. <laughs> yeah, that's that's incredible, though. To, that I mean, you know, two foot of movement, two, being able to move two thirds of the board in one activation is uh, that's no joke. Yeah, and then and still have the AP for for delivering afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Alex. What we're going to do? We're going to take a quick break. When we get back from the break, I want us to dive into uh, round two, uh, where you faced another ten thunders players, and uh, we'll learn a little bit about that. So we'll be right back. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. So Alex is sitting there all tied up. He could end up at the top of the heap or the bottom of the heap. Um, the fact that he's on the show, you have probably have a sneaking suspicion where he ended up. But let's talk about round two. So round two, Alex played Aiden Kirk. Uh, and Aiden brought 10 Thunders as well. And the uh, format was standard uh, turf war with detonate the charges, outflank, search the ruins, take prisoner and power ritual. So Alex, uh, with that pool, uh, where did you find yourself as far as a master c- goes? Yeah, so I, I, I fell back on, uh, on, on my sort of more comfortable turf and I, I went with Asami as my master. And what did the rest of the crew look like? Uh, so it was, uh, it was Am- Amanjaku, um, Amanozaku, uh, Ajorogumo, Akatashiro, um, and Akinami and McCabe again. Oh, so you switched them up. So this time, yeah, Asami yeah. was the leader. Yep, yep, exactly. And this was more of a, a characteristically sort of Asami crew with McCabe bolted on. The, the, mm-hmm. the last crew I, I talked about was sort of like a bit of a half and half. I didn't really go into my rationale for that, but but this crew was more of a um, an, an Asami with with McCabe bolted on. And I'm getting the feeling that this is this is a combo that you've used a lot before. 
Um, yes, yeah, um, yeah. I, I did it this this weekend that we're talking about, and then also at the Welsh GT, um, which was uh, five five games over, over a weekend. So, um, yeah, so I've fair, fairly practiced with it. Um, it's not that they are incredibly synergistic together. Uh, I think it's more a, a comment on their crews and maybe my play style. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm when I'm running a Sami, I sort of put the bits in that I like the most, and then I wasn't really sure what to do with the leftover points. And McCabe is so flexible; he can fill a lot of gaps. So I put him in there, and he he can he can do the the fast scheme running. He can do the the threatening. He can put out the damage if he needs to, and that complements the Sami's summoning. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, it's not. It, I've used the the combo together a, a couple of times um, in in the Welsh G, GT and also in, in casual games. It's not that they're particularly synergistic together, though. There is there is some work with scrap markers, so they do. There is that complement. Um, they've got both got models in their crews that work with scrap markers, mm-hmm. um, but it's more that they they complement each other from a role point of view. Asami being a, a summoner, and and McCabe sort of being just incredibly flexible movement scheming and can put out the damage if he needs to. So they, they complement each other more from their role rather than from direct synergies. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me. I mean, it, one of the, I think one of the key things if you're going to hire a second master is that second master, one, can't lose too much as far as the uh, leader-only ability and has to be able to run on their own. And it sounds like McCabe fills that role. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really can. He's... he's He's very independent. Um, a lot of people, I think, look at McCabe and you start trying to think about how you're going to um, unbury his artifacts and dig up his artifacts and things. But, but, but actually, if I'm completely honest, he, he doesn't need them. Um, <laughs> he, he can. He's, he's completely happy. I mean, he, he can do it if he needs to, but but he's, he's okay to do. He's okay to run without them. He doesn't. He doesn't have to. His, his actions on his card and the flexibility that he brings are, are strong enough as it is. Very nice. And what master did Aiden bring? So uh, Aiden brought um, Shenlong, and I'd um, I haven't played Shen- Shenlong. Or I hadn't played Shenlong in M3, so I was quite quite excited to see what um, how the monks were gonna were gonna work out in the chi, and um, and Aiden definitely definitely showed me how how to use that chi, you know, in, in interesting ways. Um, it, it looks quite subtle, maybe I'm not sure, maybe but the plus two to the duel um, for spending the key. Mm-hmm. Um, after after you flipped it, you, you know it's it's okay, and and people often think of those examples where you know you flip a thirteen and then you spend spend the the the, the chi and, and and you get to fifteen, you know. Um, but actually, the, those aren't the cases when it's really strong. It's sort of it's those other cases where you turn a neg flip into a a neg damage flip into a straight, or where right. you um when you uh, you put a nine in and then you you know you tempt your opponent to 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 have to use a severe you know it's it's sort of those cases that um i actually thought uh, the chi is really strong his ability that that ability the fact that you're able to make that decision after flipping the card not before flipping the card makes it a big deal yeah yeah it's really it's really really interesting um so aiden aiden took um shenlong uh, the peasants slash aspiring monks i can't remember what they're called he took sensei yu uh, a wandering river monk, um, a high river monk, um, an archer, and he took two charm warders, which I thought was um, was 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 really interesting. So he, um, I, I I obviously declared a sami, and and um, and he took the the charm warders. He said initially as a as a, like anti summoning tech, mm. um, 
but they actually were quite um, anti-McCabe as well because they don't stop they they can they counteract the demise ability, um, and so um, when spoiler alert when McCabe died, um, he fell off his horse and was crushed by his own horse. He did he didn't he didn't dismount. He was, you know, it's funny. I'd never. I, it's and this is what's so cool about the game. Like that interaction, I wouldn't have thought of. I just you know I've always just thought you know that McCabe just hops off his horse, but it is a demise, and the charm warders are a hell of a counter. Yeah, yeah, and and also some of the summons uh, Asami. So it's not just anti summoning, as in with with their crow trigger on their attack to to instantly kill a, a model with a with a summoned upgrade. It's not just that, but um, I, so I summoned um, I summoned three obsidian only during that game, and uh, they all have the uh, the demise ability that they explode and give mm-hmm. out burning and, and damage, and it, it counteracts that as well. So the the charm orders were really um, was something I, I really had to play around. Um, playing against Hayden. And I thought yeah, that was he brought re- two of them. So yeah, it was a really good tech piece to, to put in against me. Um, re- yeah, really good idea. What schemes did you end up picking, Alex? So I I picked um, outflank and search the ruins. So I've talked about search the ruins and, and really liking it as a scheme. Um, and I think it's I think it's definitely doable by a lot of crews. Um, but yeah, um, Asami can do it. And then I took outflank. Um, Asami really likes outflank. Um, normally, if you're dedicating, you know, a model to each side of the board, you've got to consider whether they can then get back into the action, or, or you know, whether they're whether you're removing them from the the sort of game. But with with particularly fast models, you can you can be on the on the flank, you can score your point, and then you can get back in and get back out. Um, the other thing that Asami does uh, that makes outflank, the thing that Asami does that makes outflank particularly good for her is. Um, she uses her hair to move people around. She's got mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the the push on the reaching tendrils, so she can happily summon a model six inches away, and then and then push it push it with a with a hair another six inches, and that's you got twelve inches plus base. Um, so she can she, not just with the summons either. You can you can activate a model, use it for whatever purpose you need to, and then later on in the turn, reposition it back to the back to the corner and score out flank. Um, and Asami's really, really, really good at that. So, yeah, and I think that um, something that I'm starting to get a feel for, and I'm hearing it more and more here on the podcast, is even more than in two, um, mobility is really important now. And I think it's because of the nature of the strats and the schemes are so positioning dependent. You, 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 um, you take, I think you've taken it directly from one of my monologues I was going to have. Yeah. M- movement is, <laughs> movement is huge in, M- in M3. It's, um, well, three, three of the strategies re- require, um, aggressive placement. You know, idols is center line. So you want to be over that center line, making it difficult for your opponent to get there. Turf war is, 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 um, you know, if you're losing models in your own half, the, the flipping back your own strategy markers. Yep. So, so you want to be flipping your strategy markers and then you want to be fighting in your opponent's half. Um, you know, explosives obviously requires going into your opponent's half. The only one that doesn't really is reckoning, but you could make a case for reckoning that, you know, if you're mobile, you get to choose your fights more. But, but Correct. those, those first three strategies really r- reward, um, aggressive placement. And, and I don't mean like, um, like aggressive killing, like going, though that it could be aggressive killing. You can go and, and kill your opponent's models, but I mean actually being quite, Proactive with your with your with the placement of your models, um, yep. providing you provide your opponent questions in their half of the board, and 
any that they don't answer scores you points or denies them theirs. You know, the more the more questions you can be putting on their side of the board, the more difficult it is for them to manage that while trying to do their own thing. And, and that's probably one of my play styles. Yeah, I agree. And and even when you start getting into the schemes themselves, and it's not to your point, it's not aggression in the sense of you know killing. It's and it's not even um, aggression in placement as much as so many of the schemes now, it matters where you are to be able to score the points, especially those second points in a lot of the yeah. schemes. So yeah. having that flex, the mobility there brings the flexibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and it means that you can, it doesn't matter how the game is going. If the game's going badly, you, you can still find something to do. You can still eke out uh, your points from your move, from your very maneuverable, very flexible models. And that, that's something that that I do. I think I, I think I play quite um, quite ag- aggressively in the first turn, maybe, and then I actually play quite reactively mm-hmm. after that, which is interesting. But um, yeah, provide those questions at the beginning and try and disrupt what your opponent's doing, and then and then counter, uh, and then play reactively and counter what, what they do afterwards. I think you have. I think your game plan has to be very fluid um, because of you know just the just the overall structure um of how the game is built um and i and i haven't figured out why alex but it it feels even more so in 3 and um i haven't put my finger on why because you know things that you know that dictate that really hasn't changed much from 2 to 3 um i think it might be the you know that each point means more because of the lower yeah. points and the difficulty of getting points. Um, but it, uh, it just feels that way. So, um, any kind of, you know, key moments, Alex, um, stuff that was, uh, either that happened that was really cool or really interesting during your game. Yeah. So the, the way, um, Aiden deployed was, was, was quite bunched up. And I think that's to do with the key, the chi generation, mm-hmm. um, like, and, and how he, how he populates it. Um, so, so I was, my my first activation of the game was McCabe, um, ride with me and bring Asami up, um, so it saves her a walk action. Actually, I, I'm going to take a quick aside and talk about ride with me if that's okay. Please, yeah, the, ride with me is such a strong ability, and, and it might just be me, but I'm really loving this loving this ability at the moment. And and every time I'm sort of looking through stat cards, if anyone's got ride with me or or fly with me. They're instantaneously definitely being considered for cruise with me because you're, you're using a quick action to effectively get two AP because mm-hmm. you, you're moving yourself and someone else. And, and it's, 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 it's like we've been talking about with speed, but it speeds you up. It's, it's positioning. It moves. Um, and with the change to disengaging and not interacting, it allows you to still do that. Um, it, it's just really such a strong ability for a quick action. Um, that's why I'd consider. All of the riders to be to be playable because they have it. Um, Guild Mount Guard, I think they're really, really, you know, I think they're really strong. Uh, Skeeters in Zip, they've got they've got the fly with me. I think they're. I, I just really like the ability. I love it. Um, that, that's my quick aside. No, I, I agree. I mean, I play Rezzer and the Kantari are are, are great for that. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got they've got it as well. Yeah, and yeah. I think the biggest thing is that you know it's got the efficiency that you that you talked about, right? For for a bonus action, I'm effectively getting two AP. The other thing, and it's, it seems obvious, but it's not obvious until you put it on the board as much as you get to pick the model that you're going to make efficient. So you're not locked in. Yep. 
yes, it's flexible in that sense. You can on turn on turn one, I, I make a Sami efficient, but then then later on in the in the game, uh, I, I can pull someone else out that needs to scheme run or exactly. You know, yeah, you, you tailor it. Um, so so anyway, yeah. So my first activation was 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 McCabe um, carrying Asami up, uh, and then walking to within range with his net gun and uh, and firing his net gun twice into the monks. Um, and McCabe's net gun is is wonderful. It really is very very strong. It, it, um, I don't know if you've if you've read it, but it, it gives slow and staggered. Yeah. Um, and it's got a it's got a, a blast on it as well. So um, I was I think I was probably quite lucky with that. Um, I shot twice into the into the monks, and I think I made three or four of them staggered and slow before they activated. Wow. Because um, if you think because it because it targets movement, um, you shoot one of them and they get staggered and then it drops their movement. So the sh- second shot is more likely to hit, and mm-hmm. you're more likely to be on a straight flip. Um, and I think a straight flip on, I think hitting moderate on a, a negative is not really a mathematician, but I think it's something about 40% chance. So it's not completely unlikely, unlikely just shooting, um, shooting people. So that became quite a characteristic, op- that's quite a characteristic opener for me with, with Lucas is, um, is, uh, is going up and, and putting staggered and, and slow on a, a number of models just to disrupt that first turn that people are going to do really. If we're talking about movement and and trying to get into your opponent's half, if I slow four of your mo- slow and stagger four of your models, um, you, you're not you're not going anywhere. Well, yeah, and not only that, but it, it also helps protect McCabe, who's you know overextended at that point because you have you have you know made it harder for them to to uh, counterattack. Yeah, it, it did backfire in, in turn one a little bit. The, uh, the, ten, the, the ten thunders archer put nine damage on him. I think. So, <laughs> yeah, that, the uh, the ir- irreducible triggers for no stones. So, and he was made fast. So, so that that definitely hurt McCabe afterwards. But um, but no, yeah, McCabe went in and and put staggered and slow on, and then and then Asami was there uh, with the next activation to to summon an obsidian only mm-hmm. um, six inches forward from her, and then push that in, into into Aiden's face as well. Well, he's crew's face as well. The Obsidian only I, I quite like doing that with because they've got the armor, um, so they're pretty tanky. Um, a lot of people talk about using them as like bombs because when, when they, they run out of their flicker and then they explode, but actually um, you can, if you keep them alive as well, they'll, they'll engage people, they'll put down that their hazardous burning aura and then um, every time anyone wants to activate, they're taking burning from that and then eventually when they do kill you, you then explode and do more damage, more burning. You really clog up I really clogged up his crew with, uh, with McCabe and, and, uh, and repeated Obsidian only. That was, that was the sort of the, the takeaway from the, the game. He, he, he played, he played very well and he did some really interesting things, but he never, he, he did not get more than six inches away from his deployment zone on, that, on that part of the board. Um, the, McCabe went first activation of turn two, um, charged in and he charged, he can move through models. He charged over five monks. Then, then hit someone and the pulse for, for more jewels. I think he caused 13, target number 13 jewels in, with one AP. That's um, amazing. It, yeah, it was, it was, it, it felt a little bit brutal, to be honest. I, mm-hmm. Before I started that activation, I did, did say to him, uh, this is, I'm going to explain this process. It's for like cheating, I think. <laughs> he, 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 moving over people and causing the movement jewels and then, and then on his way attack, um, you know, trigger, triggering the rear up, which does another defense duel for everyone around them. And he gets to push two inches. So he pushes over another model, causing another movement duel. It, it all builds up. It's, um, 
Yeah, I have yet to face McCabe, but I'm hearing rumblings um, that he came out of beta really strong. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He did. He's, he, he is strong. I, my my sort of feedback in in the beta was that potentially maybe his his upgrade thing should be made slightly stronger, but then they should take off the um the the inbuilt trigger on his melee attack, so the the trigger to do the pulse is inbuilt, mm-hmm. and it's just it's, it's too many jewels for your, for your opponent to to really deal with. Um, be, be, from the other from the other point of view, being you know uh, being devil's advocate in, in McCabe's favour, he can't he can never really kill anyone if he's trying to. If your opponent does not want to lose a model, they generally just cheat the jewels. You know, he, I, c- I can never rely upon him to go and and, and kill a particular model. He, he just can't do it because um, your opponent just you know takes the two three four damage that he's wielding and then passes the jewels. So. He can't do that, but but the pressure that he puts on people that group up the card drain is um, that that can that can feel quite quite strong. Now I was just thinking, boy, I, I wonder how uh, would how Yoku as your master with hiring McCabe would work because the hand pressure that she puts on um, could re- really make McCabe that much more effective. I would think. I haven't tried it, but but that that could be uh, that, that could be really strong. Yeah, because she yeah she puts a lot of pressure on on people's hands, doesn't she, and uh, really drains it. So him him going in after that would be, could be uh, could could be, but it's it's unreliable, isn't it? Because your opponent can the opponent can flip the eights off or the sevens off the top of their deck and just pass the jewels. Um, but but yeah, when it when it when it happens, it it, it tends to have very, either very very good turns or or very poor turns. If, if I'm on the, he does one or the other. Um, but that's but but that's why I think I like him as a second master because then, um, if he was the sole master, you know, and I just had these really good turns or really bad turns, I think I'd potentially be a bit disappointed on those bad turns. But at least with with a, a fully functioning crew to the side with a Sami, if he has a bad turn, I can just sort of shrug it off and say well at least uh, you know he's on a 50 mil base in my opponent's crew and he's a good distraction so so yeah um so that was really that was just really the key point of the game was was um was was the pressure that i put on at the beginning was 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 mccabe going in was the 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 obsidian only going in and and really really stopping aiden from 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 getting out um mccabe did die he he, he put on a haunted artifact um after killing a a model um and, and that helped him to live a little bit longer and do some draining but he did go down he he went down to a charm warder and, and didn't get his demise but but he'd done his job by then and and while that was happening i'd, I'd scored um i'd scored search the ruins and i'd scored out flank and um and i'd and i'd got two points from um from turf and aiden had was, was still on zero points at that point so it was well something i think i'm thinking is it's interesting uh, alex about kind of your approach here um and it and it's a subtle thing in three that I don't think I realized until I got you know more than a few games in, is it's a big deal that you can only you can't score multiple points on the same scheme in the same turn. So by pushing them and pressuring them from go, it, you're you're potentially delaying them getting that first point, which really makes it harder to get that second point. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to score your your first point for some of your schemes on 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 turn four, and, I'm, I'm, and that, that's fine for some things, but you, you're trying to do it potentially when you've got less less crew, uh, less less options, uh, and and potentially you're trying to do other stuff. You know, you're trying to do other stuff with the strategy. So, um, and and particularly at the moment with um, because we're all we're all new to M3, and like we were talking about, some games being a bit slow. Uh, most games aren't 
aren't getting to the full five turns. So that's more pressure to, to, to get your points in early. Um, and if you get your points in early, you can then respond to your opponent, you know, with, e- with greater ease. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be very, I, I, I'm so excited to see, you know, just the, the, the cyclical nature of, of, uh, you know, strategies and counters that are, that we're, that we've got coming ahead of us in the next year and a half. Um, I'm always fascinated because there's always surprises, things that we don't see in beta that suddenly, you know, raise their head, you know, five months into release and you go, holy cow, how did we miss that? And, you know, and then something, you know, one minute something's going to dominate. And then before you know it, it's, it's stamped down and put it, put under control just by the players, not by weird. Um, so it's, it's really exciting times. It, it, it really is. It's, it's a wonderful time to be to be to be playing Malifaux. Whether whether that's whether you're a returning player or whether whether you're new, it's just sort of um, feels full of wonder. Yeah, <laughs> feels yeah. you know, full of excitement. You know, and, and and I think that cycle that you were talking about of of you know things that we would have seen coming to prominence and then and then counters being developed from it. That that's going to be that's going to be quite um, quite a big thing. You know, with with announcing masters and and as people learn what 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 counters there are to certain masters, that's going to get that, that's so important, you know. Some masters are going to feel, um, you know, utterly dominating, and then and it's just going to click with with some people, and then and then the counters will be there, and um, and, and the meta will, will shift and change, and it will move on, and that's um, it definitely will. And I think that uh, you should reach out to Weird um, because I I suspect they're going to um, owe you some commissions on all the charm orders you just sold in the last thirty minutes. My <laughs> <laughs> charm orders again, you know. That's the, right. the, the, they're, you know, they're not just melee six with the chi, they're melee eight. <laughs> oh, God, they're so good. So, so yeah. good. So what, 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 what was the final score? The final score was six, two. Uh, we played four turns and Aiden denied me a turf in the last turn. So I, I got, uh, got six, not seven. Um, and, that, and he got one from the strategy and he got one from, um, search rubies. Very so he's, nice. He's wandering river monk. Um, while all the action was happening, sort of central to, to to my left, all that sort of complicated pulses and everything. On the other side of the board, on the edge, there was a lone Jaragumo uh, getting outflanked for me, facing off against the wandering river monk. And this wandering <laughs> river monk was sort of like looking, you know, do I fancy my chances? I'm I'm not really sure. So that was, um, but the wandering river monk managed to managed to get past and uh, flip a turf and get a scheme down. So very nice, very nice. Does uh, seeing uh, seeing Aiden play Shenlong does that make you want to try out Shenlong? Oh uh, yeah, um, maybe. I, one thing I really liked about it, I haven't talked about your styles yet, um, but the styles are really fun, um, mm-hmm. and they're they're really I think they're quite really interesting and strong. And the fact now that the um, the the, the, the well, they were peasants before that the aspiring guys they can copy the uh, the actions from the upgrades makes them. Makes them much more of a priority for your opponent to kill. You know, in, in M2E, you, you could kill the peasants. You might leave them if you kill them. They got, you know, Shenlong got a stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I think, I think as the Shenlong opponent, you've, you've got to kill them because they can be copying some really potent attacks that are on the upgrades. The, um, the, the high, high river style, the, the flaming one, that's, uh, it's like a, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this from memory, but it's a three, four, five damage track with two burning, and there's blasts on severe and, and moderate, and that's that's really quite. And anyone that's damaged takes to burning, takes burning too. And that, that's quite a, quite an impressive attack, I think, especially when you've got Chi to be putting it up to melee eight. 
Um, yeah, they're a dangerous multiplier for Shenlong. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the peasants are cool. The peasants are, are, are very interesting, and I, I definitely want to get an archer for um, for, for Masaki because um, the archer impressed me. I I always thought those sculpts were so cool, and I don't play Ten Thunders, but you know everybody said you know they're garbage, they're garbage. And two, um, it sounds like uh, they're going to get play here in three. Yeah, and you, you, if you get a sculpt, you've got to get a little bit of thread, and you've got to give the the bows strings. You've got to string them. I learned that trick playing. Uh, I used to do uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings game from Games Workshop, and uh, I, I, I'm the I'm the idiot that strung all his bows. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's a, that's quite a quite a modeling commitment. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like a great idea until about the tenth bow, and then you're, you're like, like, oh, oh this was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Alex, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, I want to talk about uh, your top table matchup against uh, George Hollingdale. And uh, we'll also, you know, just talk about um, uh, some M3E in general, too, to wrap up. So uh, we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Alex is now looking at top table and looking at uh, who's traditionally known as an accomplished arcanist player, George Hollingdale, who's uh, bringing Bayou to the table for uh, the top table. So uh, the matchup was flank, corrupted idols, would dig their graves, hold up your forces, harness the ley line, outflank, and claim jump. So Alex, uh, what was the uh, crew that uh, fit this pool? Uh, so I, I took exactly the same crew for this game as I did in the second game. So that's uh, Asami, Amanjaku, Amanozaku, Jorugumo, Katashiro, and Akinami, and McCabe. Mm-hmm. And what did uh, George bring? He, he brought um, Ulix uh, with Penelope, um, Old Major, Asao, the Slop Hauler, Big Brain, Brin, and the First Mate. Very nice. Very, very nice. So, uh, what are some of the kind of the highlights? What were the big learnings? Well, um, let's go, going into this game, maybe before we get into Please. some of the play by players. Yeah. Um, it, what, we had a quite an interesting situation in the tournament, which is I think the, the top six players were all on, um, they, they all had draws. I, I think mm-hmm. was, was 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 the situation. Um, we were, so the, it was really unsure about who was actually like who was in the running for for for, for the um, you know for, for for positions for second and third you know for podiums. It was it was really really um, unknown. There, there was an awful lot of people that were that were still in the running, um, which which made it quite exciting. Um, the other thing I was really looking forward to this game when I, when I saw that I was playing George. I've never played him before. And, and, and I know he's a really good player. And, um, and he'd been telling me all day, um, how broken he thinks Ulix is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that was, um, so I was like, oh, excellent. Now I get to, I get, I get to be shown how, how broken Ulix is. Um, so, um, so yeah, we, we, we played, it was, um, 
on flank um, and flank corrupted idols is quite it's quite different from standard idols isn't it because you, your center line is, is so is so huge uh, you really have to be able to get to the get get to the um the, the corners to, to be able to um, to respond to the idols that are placed. Um, the schemes that I chose were um, hold up their forces and outflank again. So I've spoke about how how, how I like outflank uh, with mm-hmm. this army, and and, I've, uh, and I think I've spoken about how um, how I like hold up their forces, being able to summon things. So um, I was quite confident with those schemes. Um, I was a little bit less confident with my setup, uh, just because I was unsure about um, where to go and, and how to respond. Um, to, to George, um, his his first activation was Penelope obeying uh, both of the big pigs, old old major and the sow, uh, up the board. So he used his totem to obey obey both pigs up the board, and uh, the slop hauler and Ulix like hitched a ride with them, and that was really impressive just from a totem's activation. So after that first sort of turn, I was like, oh, well, first yeah, first activation. I was like, actually, this is going to get really messy this is gonna be really killy if i don't do something about those pigs now they you know they're, they're gonna there's a lot of obeys in the crew there's a lot of movement um ulix offers oh yeah ulix offers a lot of movement to his pigs and um and i think that reinforces the the, you know, the, the speed element that we were talking about earlier and um, so so first activation uh again it was mccabe putting slow on those pigs and staggering them um to try and sort of limit that encroachment into, into my half. Um, and then I got a Jaragumo in there, uh, to hold them all up. One of the, the, the terrain was, was, um, was a bit tricky on this board. We had a couple of hazardous pools and George had one in his deployment zone, which made him deploy slightly to the, slightly to the side. And then when he pushed his pigs up, he had to go between some ruins and a, and a smaller pool. And, um, and I sort of, pounced on that opportunity to try and plug him into that area right. and try and limit that movement. That's what I did. And, and there was a bit of a bluffing game going on. I, I summoned the, Jor- the Jorogumo and I, I really went to town on um, on Old Major. And I was, at first I was I was just like, actually, I'm just going to kill, I'm going to try and kill one of these big pigs to, to, to limit it. Um, but the pigs are really tough. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're hard to wound um, and Ulix can drop cards to reduce damage that they take. Um, and that sounds sounds like an okay ability, but you think, oh, I'm, you're going to run out of cards. There's only so many, so many moderates, or, you know, that you want to drop to reduce damage. But the crew that George had um, had quite a considerable amount of card draw. Um, Big Brain Brain brings um, a lot to a gremlin crew with card draw and card quality. And um, the first mate, um, the first mate is really, really strong. I think he's going to be in in most gremlin crews but he has he has card draw through his, through his cheating but also through eating schemes so and a lot of the pigs have card draw with their triggers so with all of that you can really reduce the damage that, that, that the pigs take and then and then healing it back up for the slop hauler as right. as has always been done um, I, I quickly found out even with like two focused attacks from a Jorogumo you know severe damage six you know three three four six uh, I wasn't I wasn't shifting a big pig so then then I was then I was trying to bluff that I was still trying to be aggressive it was a bit strange I was trying to act like I was trying to crush that core that he brought up when actually I was just trying to stay there and hold him up a little bit so I was trying to drain cards from his hand keeping them alive and and investing when when really it was just sort of like plugging that gap while I could do stuff elsewhere um, I think one of the, one of an interesting move I did on turn one, um, Amano Zako, 
haven't really talked about her. I, I said that I, I quite like her, but she's um she's basically got three AP with that quick action obey, um, and it, it's, it's got a trigger on it for it to not just be an interact action, for it to also for it to be any action. So she can almost feel a little bit like a mini master herself. She can either put three AP of attacks into someone, or she can she can do a bit of scheming, or she can she can obey. McCabe or Jorogumo to make an attack so she can almost, she can change where she puts the pressure on your opponent and, and she's really quick so she can also do that with her own positioning um, and, and the fact that she can heal up so well my, my advice is if, you, if you're faced if you're facing Amanozako, don't don't put little bits of damage into her because she'll just heal it up like mm-hmm. without even trying, you, you've got to do an all or nothing response with her because um, she, she will go down relatively, you know, she's a henchman and she's got 10 wounds and she's got terrifying, but she's got no other defensive stuff apart from the healing. So if you can put her down quickly, it's quite a big loss for the Asami crew, actually. Um, I, I find this, I find myself using, like relying upon her quite a lot. Yeah. And we're back to that theme of, of the flexibility and the mobility that you really like. Yeah, 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 def- definitely. Um, in in this game, she 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 just she actually just moved up and she blocked um, a space between two ruins so that a pig couldn't get through and get to Makatashiro. Makatashiro moved up and kicked an eye. So on the right hand on my right hand flank, the idol appeared, and then I I, I made it appear there again on the second turn with, with cheating um, because I felt more comfortable in, in, on that flank. And um, Amanozako just played bodyguard around that area, stopping people getting to the Katashiro. It was like, it was scheming, uh, that, that, you know, did, did half my outflank and also, um, kicked over two, two idle markers. Yeah. I think that, um, another thing I'm starting to hear, you know, I'm, I'm having lots of conversations, um, you know, both here locally in North Carolina, but, you know, obviously doing the podcast, I'm talking to people all over the world. I'm hearing a lot of, uh, people starting to talk about speed bumps. Um, that, that it's real effective. And you're kind of talking about it too, a little bit, Alex, of, of getting a piece in their face and, 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 and draining not only cards, but draining actions and, yeah. and that being effective. Are you finding that to be the case? Yeah. T- to be honest, it's something that I've, that I've always done and I've always prioritized even in M2E. Um, it, it's something re- really important. You know, there's only five turns to the game, right? A tournament, there's, you know, four turns you know so there's only so much ap there's only you know and if if you can if you can take three models if you can speed bump three models for one or two turns that is a huge huge part of the game um and 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 you know it's it's definitely setting setting you up to win if you can if you can do that if you can capitalize on it that's that's uh, that's the thing you need to capitalize on, on on those situations very cool so uh what was the final score the final score what was the final score for, for that game? Um, uh, if I get this wrong, someone's going to. I think it could have been seven-one. Um, it was quite. It was quite a big score. Um, yeah. George didn't get any of the idols, and he. Um, yeah, no, it was it was seven-one. He got one point for hold up their forces, and his second scheme was harness the ley line. Mm. Uh, but I denied him all of the idols, and uh, I denied him his second hold up the forces, and I denied him. Um, harness the ley line. Um, yeah. Um, and part of that was actually to do with the Akinami that I hired. I haven't really spoken about why I hire him. Um, yeah, but, but, but he's really, he's really cheap. And, um, and actually he's, he's a really good, he's a really good piece. Um, I, I was going to say some of the ways of 
countering a Sami. Um, unlike some other aggressive sort of summoner masters or other summoner masters where you can summon for the first two turns and then you don't really mind maybe if they die. Um, I actually really value her staying alive mm-hmm. for, for, the, for, the, for the game. I know it probably sounds a bit obvious, um, but I often use her for, for sort of utility in, in the latter few turns. I'm, I'm happy for her to double walk and scheme. Um, she's got a quick action to, 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 to remove markers and heal. Um, and so I often just sort of like double walk and remove my opponent's scheme markers to, na- to deny their search or to deny their breakthrough. And the Akinami, um acts as a sort of mini bodyguard to Asami because um, my crew's so quick and I really like I, I move things around an awful lot on the table. Um, often Asami can sort of just be stood in the middle, reaching out and responding, and she is quite vulnerable there by herself. So um, the Akinami can, can be a target for protected only, though he doesn't to pass on the, on the attack to him, though he doesn't last very long. But what he can be doing is he can be putting a scheme marker down um, with his AP, and then he can be using his quick action to sort of dig up a a, a scrap or a corpse, and the Sami can eat them both for for four health, and that's quite that's quite important for her. Um, there is a there is a balance with the Asami crew. I, I know we're not doing a deep dive, but you know one <laughs> of the. <laughs> but I'll talk about it anyway. Um, ma- managing that flicker, of, it sounds uh, well, obviously an Asami crew is about managing that flicker, but it really is that balance of um, am I okay with this model disappearing, this activation yep. to try and get more more impact out of it, or do I want to um, keep them alive for longer? And, 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 and it's there was a player mistake that I think uh, a, a trap that I fell into a little bit when I started with Asami, which was uh, always trying to get that trigger off on her summon to remove the flicker so that they came in without the flicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it, it halves the number of cards you're looking at for summoning and it puts more wounds on her. Uh, often now I'm finding that she's summoning and then and then she's using Mother's Love to remove the flicker and give focus. With Asami, you always sort of have a spare AP. Maybe. A, Someone's going to correct me and say I'm, I'm not using her effectively enough, but you've always got a spare AP, maybe that you're not sure what to do with. So, um, yeah, you don't have to get that that trigger on a summon, and and, and you, it's about managing her health um, to reduce the flicker on, on, on your your models. And I think as an opponent facing Asami, you've you, you've got to change between attacking the summons and, and her only, um, and attacking her. You've got to um, it's hard to explain, but you've got to do what you need to do at that time. You know, if if she's sort of protecting herself a little bit more, then you can, you know, you can go after this summon. You know, you got to you got to balance it. But but if you if you can if you can put some dedicated attacks on a Sami and, and and put her down, then that would that would really upset me if you were playing against me. So I, I'd recommend doing that because she she often she's often taken four four to six damage herself in a game. So she's she's quite squishy. You know, she's got. 12 wounds at max so she's you only have to do six to eight to her and she'll um she'll fall over so yeah it sounds like you know if if you could time her right and the the opportunity presents itself you can take her down and it hurts yeah just shoot just use the first mate he can he can leap over and you're uh, a fan of the first mate he's 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 really strong Uh, you know built-in crit strike um potential for for extra um he can have three attacks with his with his leap and um and the thing that's really strong about is it is your ability to respond to him with uh with butterfly jump and and stealth and and is is and and stones because he's a henchman um but un, uh, unfortunately for George, uh, the Akinami um, barb-tonged him and, uh, and gave him slow. So it, mm. it, uh, it limited him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Akinami's attack is really is really solid. It's only it's only stat four, but um, giving automatic slow and uh, and a poison is um, is something you you know you don't really expect from a four stone minion. Uh, there's you know a two inch melee that gives out slow. They're, 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 they're really good tar pits themselves, not because of the amount of AP it takes to kill them, but the fact that you know if if a Sami summons two of them into your mitts and then they make four attacks on positives yep. and slow people, um, you know that, that, that's draining in itself. So the yeah, Konami are really nice. Well, dude, that's a that was a hell of a f- third round. Um, yeah. You know, George is a strong player. Um, I am very very happy that he has learned. Um, that uh, Arcanists are not um, a real faction, <laughs> that they don't deserve good players. Um, so I, it makes me happy that George has seen the light on that and playing Bayou. Um, and uh, one thing that you mentioned offline um, during the break is uh, you guys in the UK are starting to uh, have rumblings about Bayou being a really strong faction in three. Yeah, there's this, this. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on with Bayou. I mean, you could say the. You know, objectively, they didn't, they didn't get as much playtesting as some of the other factions, but but there's quite a lot of Bayou that, that that's, that's really strong. We're seeing a lot of a lot of Zerada at the moment mm-hmm. um, because of her, um, her, her strengths in two of the strategies, in particular the idols and, and explosives. You know, um, you know, obviously people have picked up on on obeying people to drop their own explosives is is pretty strong. It's just basically giving someone slow at best. For, for them, you know, yep. but at worst, it's it's you know scoring and denying points. But in idols, it's quite crippling if you if you're getting the two AP from Zerida to Bay, and that you're walking up to over to an idol and kicking it back into their half. It's all you know, you're hurting them, you're you're denying a point, you're moving them for positioning, and you know it's it's really it's really really strong. That's um, good. And do, doing that from 24 inches away, yeah. So there's a lot of people playing playing um, Zerida and and. Uh, and, and Really liking what they're what they're doing with her, um, and there's just uh, just quite a few of the Gremlin Masters seem seem really good. You know, Ulix does seem really good. Um, he's got a lot more movement than he, than he used to. He, he can bubble up strong if he needs to, but he can he can reach out. Uh, the fact that his um, it's his crew that does some of the summoning, and, it, and it's quite easy to do. You know, you need like sixes. You do need some suits, but I think um, the Sal can can not need the suit if there's a scheme marker nearby so they can make the they can make the little pigs and then Ulix can um, can grow them into other things and, and all the pigs have reckless you know um, so you get you're getting an almost all reckless crew which you just thought you know maybe we, we learned that in M2E reckless crews are, uh, are are really strong you know just extra AP um, but the pigs are, yeah the pigs the pigs are good um, zip zips um you know, Zip's t- a bit torn down from M2E, but you know, if we've been we've been talking con- consistently about speed and maneuverability, yep. well, Z- well, Zip has it. You know, it's um, it's there. Um, Mar Mar's pretty good. Um, actually, quite like her crew. She's um, she, you know, she's she's a strong beater with with mobility and um, the 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 abilities that you get on the on the initiative flips are really important. Bushwhackers. With, with stealth and a range fourteen gun, you know there, yeah. There's there's a lot of strong things in um and, and big brain brain. Yeah, there's a lot of strong things in gremlins, and um and it's gonna be you know they're gonna I think they're gonna do well. 
Very cool. So let's, we're going to take one more break, uh, Alex. And when we get back, I want to talk to you about your day two. Specifically, uh, you had a matchup against a friend of the show. So I want to talk through that a little bit. And then uh, we're also just going to um, just do a quick wrap up and talk uh, about the new edition in the UK meta in general. So we'll be right back. So still high off of his uh, big win on Saturday. Uh, the next day, uh, Alex paired up with his significant other, and uh, they did a team event run by Carl Lee. And um, uh, we're not going to get into uh, you know all the rounds. I heard it was a really fun time. And for those of you that are interested, you should check it out on a weird place. The format I thought was interesting. But um, what I what was particularly uh, interesting, uh, at least for our listeners, is uh, James Doxey, who's a friend of the show. He's been on a few times. He was your matchup uh, the round three. So I was hoping you'd kind of tell us how that game went. Yeah, I, I played James in the, in, I suppose, our final. And it was... Um, yeah, it was. I haven't played James before. Uh, obviously, I, I know he's a he's a he's a very good player, and um, and I was a bit. Um, it, it was a it was a definitely a casual tournament, but uh, but it was it was quite scary going in. I um, I took Marcus um, to the to this this pairs event, and the reason I took Marcus was because there was some chatter in a group that I'm in um, about how um, potentially underpowered he is, um, and and I like a challenge, so. Um, I quickly painted up a Marcus crew and uh, I ran him in uh, in your favourite uh, in our in Arcanists <laughs> and uh, and uh, and yeah we, we played some games with him and um, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, my, my my crew was um, was Marcus uh, the Jackalope, um, two Cerberuses, um, Paul Crockett, uh, two Spider Swarms, and uh, a Soulstone Miner and. I think that's probably not a crew that people were expecting from. No, but I got to tell you, I'm hearing more and more people hiring those spider swarms, even paying oh, the tax for them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I made a joke that I think all Arcanist crews are, should be two spider swarms. Then, then you pick your master. <laughs> they're, they're really, really good. Um, you know, eight, eight, eight stones. You get you get nine wounds, which is you know slightly more than than average. You've got armor. Um, so, so they're really tanky. They're unimpeded with with nimble, so they get wherever they want to go. Um, they're immune to pulses and blasts. Uh, they can self heal. Um, but the ridiculous thing on them, you know, they're melee six. But if you're in base contact with them, that you minus one defense. So they're basically melee seven. If they're above half wounds, you get a positive flip on the damage. And then they've got a built-in trigger for onslaught. So Ugh. so the built-in trigger you know so so these guys are, are consistently you know if you've got two severes in your hands to, to 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 hit on on your on your first attack that you can declare triggers you're getting four attacks that are like melee seven that are on a straight damage flip and your damage flips two three five so you know it's a bit magic christmas land but you know if you're hitting you can hit four severes and do 20 damage if if you've got the cards to do so what what more likely happens is you know you 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 hit two or three times you get a severe a moderate and a weak and you do 10 damage and this eight point model just takes off you know an injured master or maybe not because of stones but you know they 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 really hit like a ton of bricks um and then once you've killed your opponent you know you you got nimble so you you can score search the ruins by themselves in one turn if i have one more listener private message me and ask me why i hate arcanist i'm just going to play this clip (laughs) 
Like I, I, I'm literally like my hand is my head is in my hand right now, and my eyes are closed, and I'm I'm just going, God damn it! I'm going to be seeing those things over and over again, and, and you, oh, it makes me sick to you, my stomach. You're gonna see them everywhere unless oh. unless something's done about them. They they are, and and because they're minions, they're really really good. They're a really good place to put um, upgrades on. Upgrades. So I I put I put the the magical one. So I had a magic swarm of spiders. Gives me a seven card hand. Gives the spiders shielded, uh, and gives them counter spell. You know the, the counter spell aura. Um, you know, just really, really, really strong. So, so the theme for my Marcus crew was, um, I really wanted to push the mobility thing again. I really wanted to, I wanted to try and, this is what I, I was thinking about Saturday, Saturday night after playing Asami McCabe. I was like, how far can I, can I push this? So, so the spiders and the, and the Cerberuses are almost very, very similar. They, they, they both have a, a quick action that moves them, leap, nimble. Uh, they both have onslaught triggers. One's built in, one isn't. They're both melee six. They're both, you know, reasonable damage. So they, they sort of, do the same job in the crew, except that um, with the upgrades that Marcus puts on the Cerberuses, um, it requires different things to counter each one. So mm-hmm. in every game I played with Marcus, um, people would either be able to counter the spiders, but not not the big cats, or they'd be able to counter the big cats and not the spiders. Um, and and, and that, so it was it was a really fun crew to play. So my first turn is usually putting six upgrades on things with Marcus. Um, mm. It's put it's putting. Um, Wings on both cats, so you get flight plus one movement and butterfly jump, and then put in um, the camouflage on both cats, so you get um, stealth and disguised. So now you've got these cats that are walk seven uh, with flight and a leap. You can't charge them. You can't target them over six inches. When you do, they move three inches. At the end of the turn, they move four inches. So, like end of the turn, they move out of combat. You can't charge them. You know, you walk up, you hit one, it leaps. So, you know, it moves away. Um, and then, you know, they're really, really hard to pin down. And that's a really fun play style is is moving these cats all over the place and and um, maybe you know watching your opponent trying to trying to chase them down um, against against James. Um, he played yeah, he played Hoffman and. Um, and he he made 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 a lot of things fast on the on the first turn, and uh, he sent a watcher down one flank, um, and I was like I can't, I can't do I can't get into a scrum with Hoffman you know guardians with great swords and Joss he's just going to tear me apart, um, so I had to send uh, so I sent a cat after after the watcher and I, and I didn't kill it so I sent both as uh, my second cat after the watcher and it was <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of like because we were playing um, we were playing corner yeah so we were playing on the diagonal anyway and it was right down in the corner but these cats you know they place within six then they fly seven and then they charge seven with a one inch melee so you're looking at 20 odd inches of movement again uh, potentially with onslaught triggers um sure. so so they were they were really good ch- chasing down that watcher and then um and then james threw joss with the uh, with the with the guardian you know kicked him Ten inch fast joss, ten inches up the board at me, and um, and I realised I'd made the right decision not being uh, not being there. And then it was sort of like a, I just had to rely upon the jackalope um, being a roadblock again, like mm-hmm. constantly engaging joss because the jackalope with an upgrade he's got effectively twelve wounds, sometimes more because of how his demise works. Right. Um, so he was just uh, constantly engaging joss to try and like because then joss has to disengage from the rabbit, and then he can't charge the cat. He can't shoot the cat because he's too far away. So he moves up to into the aura and he's allowed to make one, one shoot attack against the cat. And that, that's not too bad. I can deal with that. Um, so yeah, um, we had a bit of a spider off because, um, 
Uh, James took a spider swarm himself, and and I, I, I do have to admit he was he was really unlucky with his damage flips on this spider. Um, he he put four attacks into one of my swarms, and I, I think he flipped weak on every single one on straight flips, and wasn't wasn't able to cheat them up at that point in time. So my one of my spider swarms lived, and then then they both killed his, and then could could scheme and relocate. So it was um. Yeah, really, really interesting game. We we we, we both had a um, a soulstone miner as well because um, they're interesting pieces. We're we're hearing a lot of those too. Um, uh, I've got we've got several deep dives um, either that have been released recently or coming out soon uh, for Arcanus, and uh, I'm hearing a lot about the swarms and a lot about those miners. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what their state is um, at full release. Yeah, I think they're they're limiting factories. You know, they they have to do interacts as quick actions. So at least they, you know, they're not popping up on on the table and interacting straight away. Mm-hmm. That you 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 they usually only get probably one or two good interacts, but 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 you get them where you need it right. because you place them, and and then and then they can come in and, and and get stuck in with two armor, or you know they can do they can get you a couple you know they get you a couple more stones, or you know they're, they're really really nice pieces actually. They're, they're quite interesting. Um, and you guys, you, uh, you and your partner ended up winning, winning that event as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. We so did. a strong weekend, strong yeah. weekend. Um, yeah, sure. so Alex, before we, before we finish up, I did want to kind of take a step back and, you know, we've talked, you know, as we've been having our conversation, uh, today, it's come up a few times, but I'd like to take it just a quick step back and kind of get your hot take on Malifaux third edition as somebody who is a veteran 2E player. What do you think are kind of the, the headlines coming out of uh, third edition? Oh, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think it's about um, ease of hiring. You know, you pick a keyword, um, get the keyword, and, and have a a really sort of fluffy themed but still effective crew. It's it's really accessible. You, you know, you can you can you can pick up the models that go with it, and, and you can you can run with it straight away. And then um, and then there'll be you know you'll change slightly and you'll take some versatiles and some out of keyword hires. But but right from the beginning, just pick something that's that's really that the aesthetic appeals to you or the play style, the theme appeals to you, whether it's a, a key ability on them or the way they look, and, and, and run with that. That's um, uh, sort of like something that's really really prominent in M three um, with regards to sort of like picking a master or picking a faction or you know getting started. Um, Tactics wise, uh, it's just reiterating what we've said. You know, um, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just me, but but play something that can that can pose your opponent questions, that can get over the other side of the board, and um, and do interesting things over the other side of the board. That's 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 what I want from a crew. Um, when I'm looking at crews, I'm like, how how do I get it efficiently over the other side of the board? Can it respond to things my opponent's doing? Can it ask questions? Can it? Speed bump people, or can it? Can it? You know, put some conditions on people to to disrupt their day. That's that's what I'm asking. No, I like it. And so um, let's let's give a little bit of advice. So I know um, I'm hearing from some listeners. You know that they're they've been playing the beta, but they've they have a lot of their friends that kind of left uh, Malifaux. You know, during this transition. Um, what do you think is kind of the best thing to tell uh, an ex Malifaux player um, who to to get them back into the game? Um, what are they missing? Uh, well, what are they missing? Uh, well, there's, there's less got. It feels like there's less gotchas at the moment, mm-hmm. like um, because there's some consistency of abilities. Um, 
and, and, and that's, that's, gotchas are usually a, a negative play experience. So there's, there's less of those moments if you're returning. Um, and you, you just, if you're not coming back to the game and you were in it, you're missing out on a, a really dynamic situation, just a really interesting situation. Nothing's set in stone. You don't have these masters, you don't have tier lists of masters yet. Um, so, so get in while, while that's still all in flux and in chaos mm-hmm. and it just play the things that you want to play to the play styles that you want to play. And, and you don't have to feel like you're being pigeonholed into taking, you know, these, these key models from a faction that, that every, that, that every, every crew has to take because they're the best, you know, that, that might come in time, you know, that might come later, but currently at the moment, and at least for the next year, you know, we're just in a really, a really nice place. There's so much freedom, um, to play what you want and, 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 and you're able to find out that you don't, you know, you're not pigeonholed. I, I couldn't agree more, Alex. What I'm loving right now is the fact that, you know, when, when I'm facing an, an opponent, I'm seeing new models, models that, you know, that, that have always existed, but I've never seen them. And I'm seeing lists that never existed. And it's, it's not, you know, oh, I'm playing Arcanist, so I'm going to see Sandeep. It's not, yeah. you know, not the same thing over and over again, like yeah. we were getting to at the end. So I yeah. couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm not seeing, seeing the same three henchmen in, in guild, you know, yeah, yep. it's, yeah, exactly. It's, and you go, Oh, oh I really like that sculpt and I really like that model, but it, you know, what's it do now? Oh, actually it, it does what it should do in the fluff, you know, what, right. what you always imagined it do. It, yeah. And, 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 that, and that's, that's really cool seeing that, seeing yeah. that, like that, that actualized in, into an, into a game. It's, um, yeah, I'm tickled, man. I'm having I'm having a lot of fun, and, and and everybody over here is, and I'm and I'm getting the sense um, as I talk to more more of you guys over there um, that um, it's coming back strong in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah. everything in Malifo is broken. That's that's the uh, that's, that's <laughs> one of one of the things you know a few people and I used to say in M two E, but but yeah, it's definitely relevant now. Every everything's broken because everything does um, everything does good stuff. So mm-hmm. it's all broken. It's just um, how you leverage that brokenness, isn't it? That's, uh, That's very funny. My broken list versus your broken list. <laughs> ex- exactly. <laughs> but not in a, But it's not in an. It's not that. It's, there are still. There's going to be negative stuff, you know. But yeah. But it's not. It's not like it was. Uh, you know. I, I really enjoyed M M two E. You know. I, I loved it. But there's a little. There's a little bit less of that now, and that's. Um, it's just really cool. <laughs> The game feels better. It feels, I'm having, it feels more fun. Um, but I don't think we lost anything. Um, and I don't know if this is a honeymoon period and that's going to go away in a year. Um, but right now, to your point, Al, it's fun. Yeah, it is. One thing I would like to see with next gaining grounds is, um, is, is a couple of strategies that maybe really, really benefit, um, the crews that want to group up because yep. I, I really like whizzing all, all, all around all over the table. Um, but, but it's not for everyone and you know, some crews can do it better than others. So I'd like to, I would like to see, you know, cause we don't have extraction. Um, you know, it's, um, it'd be nice to get something maybe like that back just to, just to control a little bit more about the crews that want to ball up, just, just to give them something, you know, a strategy to have fun with. No, I agree. I think that, um, Matt tells us uh, when he was on the show, he told me he's they've got some really cool ideas for gaining grounds. We wouldn't spill anything. Um, oh. So um, I'm really, really anxious to see. It sounds like uh, gaining grounds is going to be a big part of the game. Uh, Alex, I can't thank you enough, man, for taking the time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, my hope is, is this isn't the last time you come on. Um, 
uh, would really, we, I think everybody would welcome to have you back. Um, is there anything, if somebody wants to follow you or um, see you anywhere outside of uh, a weird place, is there a, a Twitter account or something they can follow? Nope. Okay, that's good. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not particularly technologically advanced, so you know you've got to you've got to find me on Facebook uh, or, or in person. Um, I'll, I'll, def- I'll, I'll definitely talk to you in person if, if you ever see me, or or you can people can message me on Facebook, and I'll, I'll I'll talk Malifaux with with anyone. I'll always ask ask questions, I'll answer questions, and um, I'm always up for a conversation. I'm, I'm pretty vocal in in the messenger groups that I'm in. Um, so, so just, just, just find me on Facebook. That's probably the best. All right, best we'll thing do. To do. Thanks a uh, lot, man. No, thank, thank you for having me. Um, it's, um, you, you've made it relatively painless. <laughs> I do the best I can and, uh, everybody else take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and write a review on this podcast so we can find more people almost as cool as you are. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for Third Floor Wars. That's T-H-I-R-D. We'll catch you next time on The Third Floor.